0: Talk Radio. Hello, good morning everybody. It's uh, May 21st and it is 11 a.m. Eastern on a beautiful day here in Florida and this is Ursula Pottinger and I'm here with my wonderful business partner and friend and Betts, talking about today the intuition system. Hello Anne. Ooh.
1: Hi, Ursula. It's, a, it's sort of a soft gray day here in Minneapolis. It's been raining a lot, but um, everything is really, I love that kind of soft green that is just exploding in the spring, so that's what I'm kind of looking into today.
0: Yes, that is that is beautiful, and you have been waiting long enough for that. <laughs> yeah, for
1: some green, for some spring. Yeah, but it, you know, as I look out my back window and I'm looking at this um, uh, tangle of trees because I live on a I live on a little river, and I'm really blessed with the sort of I have a kind of a Walt Disney backyard with little animals. You
0: know, <laughs>
1: A better version. <laughs> yeah, I have sort of a sort of a wild kingdom out in my backyard, and and I look at this whole kind of interconnected system of the water and the trees and the animals playing, and and it makes me think about our topic today, the intuition system. I I
0: know you I would find it. the connection somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. No. It. It, it it's it's great, and and I I I love the way um, we are getting into the intuition system, looking at the interconnectedness of it all, as is as it is being presented by by nature. Um, and before we go there, I just want to sort of you know sort of put this out there, you know, to our listeners. You know, intuition is such a big used word that sometimes, you know, people have a certain um, belief about what intuition should be or is and what we have been discovering as we dive deeper into the intuition system that it it is so many, many things that are all woven together.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that is just so well said, Ursula. And I think about when I learned coaching and, you know, and really the way that I'm taught to teach intuition in coaching and the way that I'm taught to teach it is to um, ask people, you know, basically to say, oh, intuition shows up in different ways for different people and to ask people, you know, how does your intuition show up? And all of that, you know, is that's right. That's that's accurate. That it does show up in different ways, but not because um, we're different. Not because yeah. your way of doing intuition is just sort of fundamentally different than mine. But it may show up differently for different people because we've got different access points to the system. We all. So here's the thing I want to say, and then I'll let you talk. We all <laughs> have we all have this system and you know the more that we can tap into the different aspects of the system the stronger our you know ability to tap into this amazing uh, whole arena of knowledge gets so it's yeah, not that w- you're wonderful yep. than me. yeah
0: yes no i i think that's uh, that's great uh, because in 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 our workshops uh, way back when when we were taught uh, teaching coaching skills. I know that intuition was often sort of like uh, you know the tilted head of saying intuition. Well, I don't know if I have it, or well, I don't yeah. call it that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So I want to give a big overview of uh, of the intuition system, and then we can dive into more into the specifics. Um, so there is a left hemisphere of the brain that um, gathers what we call domain-specific knowledge, which I am just, which I love. It's wonderful. Yeah,
1: I think that's, uh, well, you want to just sort of do the whole thing and we can come back and Yeah, exactly.
0: It, so. And then, you know, right. looking at the right hemisphere of the brain that connects the body and receives information from the heart and the gut. And then also, the body also knows through... Biochemical responses so it gets physical cues, and then this amazing thing that that is called the vagus nerve that connects <laughs> our and anybody organs. who knows
1: <laughs> right anybody who who knows me knows that I'm having a mad love affair with the vagus nerve. <laughs>
0: Yes, and I certainly um, certainly would like to get into the dating pool with the vagus nerve myself because I, I just uh, find it incredibly helpful. And then, of yeah. course, our mirror neurons. And so these are some of the sort of broken down pieces as we look at the intuition system.
1: So which one would you I like
0: to that. talk about
1: first? I love that, and I want to add one more um, because this would be the whole like sort of just system within the body. So the the, mm-hmm. the intuition system is a body brain system. It's not you know it's not in one hemisphere or the other. That was sort of a new realization for us. Um, it's uh, the way that it all connects, and you know we break it apart to talk about it, but it doesn't actually live apart. We're accessing multiple aspects of the system. Um, at each time just like it's Mm -hmm. not like our heart beats and our lungs breathe and our blood flows in our body we're doing all of it so same with the system there's another aspect to the system which is fascinating which is actually beyond the body and the brain Um, well it's (laughs) this um, it's not beyond the body and the brain it actually has an aspect that is part of our dna part Mm -hmm. of our junk dna that uh, makes it possible for us to connect to the collective consciousness. So there's that part of it as well. And let's maybe bookmark that for a little later.
0: Yes, that might be. That, sound good. <laughs> that
1: see, sounds see good. See how much time, how much time
0: we have at the end. If we, if we have
1: time to, if we have time to go there, or you know. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the reason why to... I left
0: it off the list. I thought maybe that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's getting may us too much entangled.
1: That. Yeah, you you have to come to our module 4 of our neuroscience and coaching program for those of you who are coaches to to go fully there. <laughs> um let me talk, let me start out. Can we start out and talk a little bit about um let's start with the left hemisphere because the left hemisphere really likes that. It likes okay. to
0: be <laughs> it, it likes, likes to, come to first. be first
1: it does and you know what i what i notice and you know you and i have talked about this ursula is that if you can if you can get the left hemisphere on board you know you've got some you've got uh with your clients or you know just even your own left hemisphere if that comes on board then you're kind of good to go
0: Yeah, you keep that busy and the rest will follow suit. Well, yeah, the
1: right hemisphere is kind of open to anything, so it's not hard to convince, but the left hemisphere (laughs) kind of guards the door a little more. Um, So here's what I love about what I just find so fascinating is that um, we have really tended to think of intuition as a right hemisphere thing, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And I think one of the impacts of that is people who are, you know, perhaps a little more left hemisphere dominant, a little more left hemisphere focused, a, you know, a little more rational and all of that, um, don't think they maybe have intuition, right?
0: Well, and it, it, absolutely. It's sort of like I think that's where some of the misconceptions about intuition come from. It's sort of like for other people.
1: Yeah, I want to, you know, I'm reminded of uh, years ago when we were uh, teaching uh, coaching skills to some some non-profit leaders, Mm -hmm. and one of them, who has just, you know, become the dearest friend of ours and, and, uh, you know, a huge supporter, really just looked at us, like you said, with that head tilt and said, you know, I'm with you up till here. I'm with you on all these coaching skills. I get it. Intuition, I don't know. But we sent her home to practice intuition we sent everybody home that night to practice intuition and she went home i love this story she went home yes. and she and she was just like i'm not doing it um and she had some grant proposals to write and she realized as she was writing the grant proposals that she knew exactly what to do exactly what to put in she came back the next day and she said you know what what you're calling intuition i just call common sense <laughs> isn't that beautiful <laughs> i just love that um and for years, we didn't know, like, we just loved that. We we just felt like that opened it up um, as another aspect of intuition. But now we know why in the brain. Yeah. God, yes. that's cool. Yes. So should, I go, should I keep going? Keep going. I'll okay. interrupt
0: if I have something to add. Oh,
1: please. Um here's why that here is why what our dear friend said you know makes sense from a brain perspective and from a and why that is often the way left hemisphere people without knowing it are accessing their intuition. What they're finding in the research is that one aspect of intuition is that it can be do, what they call as Ursula said earlier domain specific mm-hmm. so what that means, oh go ahead. Going to say
0: something.
1: Yeah, uh, do, I've
0: one of the things you, you, I want to quickly sort of insert an example, and then I let you really go into the details. Uh, you know, I'm a tennis player, and whenever I watch, you know, the majors, where the really these master tennis players are playing. Often the commentators say, you know, the, this person has such amazing intuition of where the ball is going to go
1: next. Mm-hmm. And
0: it is another case of domain-specific knowledge, domain-specific intuition.
1: Right, the domain of being a tennis player where they yep. have, and, you know, I think that that Malcolm Gladwell really popularized this. I think it was in the book Blink where he talked about the 10,000 hours for mastery.
0: Yes, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: But, so as we're doing things again and again, so for me, my domain where I have the most intuition is the domain of human development because I have been doing nothing but that for about 12 years. Um, so I don't know how many, if you figure there's 2,000 work hours in a year, in 12 years, I'm I'm well into my 10,000 hours and probably a lot more. Um, yeah. So w- what that means is in the domain of human development, I see things and recognize things and understand things, and they seem very obvious to me, that mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have that experience or time won't see or recognize. Yes, And it's, it's. We call it intuition because it's not that I'm. It's not really conscious thought. It's not that someone comes to me with a particular facial expression or tone of voice, talking about particular things, and I sort through the filing cabinet of my brain and think, now what did the theory, you know, what did Dan Siegel say about this, and what would Freud have said, and all of that. I'm not sorting through them. I'm just looking at them, and I'm knowing in the instant exactly what they need from me in order to shift
0: yes yeah absolutely i mean it's it's uh it's it's wonderful and and as the in the case of uh uh the the person from our coaching skills program really having honed grant writing uh over so many years it yeah. is obvious you know it is and, yeah. and i think as coaches it's sort of similar, you know, we've, we've put in our hours of listening to clients' tone of voices of what they're saying and what they're not saying that eventually, you know, we are so honed in as coaches to even listen to just that specific client and we know what they are wanting to say and where they're going.
1: Yeah, and there's a, yeah, absolutely, and there's a bit of a paradox there because we're also staying really open to what we don't know, which is part of also our domain-specific mastery. It's a really interesting thing that we know, and yet we're also open to that human beings can surprise us.
0: Yes. Um, I, had an, yep.
1: I had another example of this. I have a student right now, um, a lovely man who was a buyer for many years for Target. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with him about this and because I'd had this suspicion and I, he confirmed it. I said, you know, you would go out and just, you know, look at something, look at a product that somebody was showing you and you would know whether to buy it or not. He said, absolutely. He'd been doing it for many, many years. He said, I would just look at something. I would know if it's going to sell or not. Yeah. And This kind of intuition, what they found is that we make the decision, sort of back to Malcolm Gladwell and Blink, we make the decision in an instant based on this domain-specific intuition. And then, you know, like in the case of the buyer, then he might say, you know, you rationalize it later. After you've already, you know first, oh my gosh, yellow t-shirt, and then, later, you know, or somebody asks you or you need to write the report on why you bought eight thousand yellow t shirts you say, "Well, you know on the runways we were seeing yellow, we've had all these other colors, yellow hasn't had its turn, colors go in twenty year cycles or five year cycles or all of that, but that's yeah. after you've already known,
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's fascinating to me it's it's no. that is very, very interesting that mastery and expertise." really is not the filing cabinet, as you described it, going through the files, but it is an instantaneous knowing of what to do.
1: Exactly. And there's another way that we do process, you know, that we will access the files and, you know, sometimes literally look through our files on our computer or in our, you know, okay, what is this? Or, you know, kind of search through the brain and process. And that's, you know, we call that thinking. And, you know, it's different than that instantaneous knowing and so there one that's the that's one really fascinating aspect of it, and it's a reason to put the time in. It's a reason to yes. put your you know yep. to, to practice, right?
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, it really is. Uh, it's it's fascinating how uh, people that have been doing something you know for many many years, and it's also seamless. I mean, you can you can see it. How seamlessly they do something, you know, instantaneously. I mean, if if you've ever had have seen a very good chef at work, I mean, have you ever Mm. seen them chop? I mean, it's 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 just seamless.
1: So they're doing this you know so you could say well that's not you know that's motor skills they've learned those but i think the chef is another really good example of intuition that there you are in that moment you're cooking and the sauce is too thin or it doesn't have just the right thing and you just as if you are that master chef Mm -hmm. you just go boom a little more flour to the sauce a little bit of coriander, you just know without thinking. Whereas you and I, or you know, maybe not you, but me, if my sauce is too thin, I might have to go Google search thin <laughs> sauce. You know, acidic sauce, what do I do to balance it out? How do I bring, you know, I don't know all of that. Um in a way that I can access it in that moment like the like the master chef will just and then later they say, How did you know that coriander was just the right thing? Again, you come up with the justification but in that yes. moment the yeah. knowledge just appears like yeah, out of I nowhere. Have,
0: I have witnessed I have witnessed that. Uh you know, on on, on certain uh, cooking shows, which we'll name nameless here. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's just like they, they're sort of, first, like they look and shrug their shoulders and then it's like, well, you know, I've used it before, but it really is the reasoning comes much later in, in the moment, right. particularly when there is a time crunch and you don't have time to think, they just reach into a jar and throw it in there and in the end it turns out to be perfect.
1: And it's almost like, if you really were to break it down, and this is sort of true for me about certain things like that, and this may be true for you in tennis, it's almost like their mind isn't even really part like their hands just knew which spice to grab yeah that's
0: a, yeah that's that's fascinating. so talk you no know, that's the hand, that's the body. so let's talk about um let's talk about the body as a as a source of our intuition
1: yeah I'm trying to think about there's a couple of ways that it the body connects into the brain because this is part of the system and the dance is um how we interpret what we're getting so let's talk about the let's talk about the vagus nerve I think that's yeah, the, the best
0: let's talk best. about our good friend the vagus nerve
1: <laughs> one of the best places to go right now um So the vagus nerve is a major nerve that that runs through, uh, if you Google it, it's V-A-G-U-S. I like to tell people because it helps me remember that it comes from the Latin for vague or wandering. All of those vague, that's the root of the word, is the Latin for wandering. We get vagrant, vague from this word because this nerve wanders through our body. We looked it up, and it kind of blew our minds because if you look at a good picture of it, it touches. It has branches that go off to every major organ in your body.
0: I mean, it really does wander, doesn't it, when you look at the picture? It really does wander all over the place.
1: And it's um, so it's connected to your heart and your gut and your liver and your lungs and um, your esophagus, and it comes up. Into the right hemisphere of the brain, it controls some certain muscles in the inner ear. It controls the microfacial muscles that um, really uh, control our expressions. And I really find this cool that it ta- that it connects into the right hemisphere. So for me, when I learned that, that explained to me why um, sometimes sort of this information from the body I'm getting, it's not coming in in logical, linear um, sort of order, or even with clear language. It's, it will come in as more impressions um, and pictures, which is the way the right hemisphere thinks. Yes. The it other really thing is. that... Yeah, go, yeah, ahead, go
0: ahead. No, no, go, go, go ahead.
1: Well, the other thing I find so fascinating about this nerve is that 80 to 90% of the neurons in the vagus nerve are afferent. And what that means is cool, so the word is who cares about that word. The word, but what it means is contrary to that we think that the brain is, you know, this we tend to think of the brain as like this master control center, right? And it's like and telling the body what to do, heart pump, and, you know, like we have all these images of, the, you know, like all the screens at NASA, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What we're starting to think, and I think the people at the HeartMath Institute have been really, really, uh, you know, on the forefront of this. What we're starting to think is that um, the brain responds to the body. Now, that's pretty radical. um, But... What's true about the vagus nerve that cannot be denied is these afferent nerves. And afferent means the flow, the, the what do we say, the rush hour traffic?
0: Yeah, the superhighway.
1: <laughs> the superhighway <laughs> of rush hour traffic of information in your body is coming from your body to your brain. Not this control center, go do this, go do that, that we tend to think about the brain. That's only 10 to 20% of the information. This highway is going up from the bottom to the brain. Telling the brain what's going on in the body is most of the information.
0: So, And so then the brain's job, you know, as I understand it, is then simply to uh, pay attention to that and then, you know, make some meaning and some translation of that which is felt in the body.
1: Right, and some With adjustments. Which is, and, yeah. Yeah, and what what the heart math people say, it's H-E-A-R-T, at math, like mathematics, heart math, they've done wonderful, wonderful studies on the heart's electromagnetic field and really studies on um, when we're aware of things, which part of us is aware of it first. I can't tell you all the scientific details of the studies, but I know they take the science very seriously and are considered extremely reputable. Um, so HeartMath, what they found, we saw their director of research speak at a conference um, about this findings. It, now, this may sound a little bizarre, and again, I can't exactly walk you through the, the protocol. But what they were finding is that the heart knows first mm-hmm. and sends the information to the brain. The brain then responds and may be, you know, triggering certain biochemical responses. Um, maybe, you know, sort of saying, okay, got the information, let's all go do this. You know, there is that aspect of the brain. But it's not coming from this decision in the brain. It's coming from, at least according to heart math, from the heart. There's some interesting research, not by heart math, that backs that up. I love this study. Very interesting. So if you have people um, hooked up to various measures of, um res- body response. So what like uh blood pressure and uh things like that. And you show them a series of randomly selected frightening images
0: along mm-hmm. with
1: neutral images. So it's all random. They don't know when the frightening image is going to come up and when the, you know, happier neutral image is going to come come up. What happens is astonishing. The body starts to have a fear response measured through heart rate and blood pressure, I believe, is what they were doing here and I think. Um before the picture shows up.
0: I find that absolutely amazing. I mean it's it's just absolutely amazing that before the images appear on the screen our body already has a knowing
1: we know. So, you think about how much information we're getting. And even if you don't, I mean, this is really this is this is that's repli- replicated research, but it's so hard for people in the neuroscience field to understand that 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 our brain doesn't have it all under control, that, you know, it's one of those things the left brain doesn't like to acknowledge anything that seems <laughs> that it can't understand. So, we're um you know we'll we'll be seeing i think in the next 5 to 20 years we'll be seeing a new understanding of this but there's still a lot of pushback even on you know what is verifiable mm-hmm. scientific data
0: right so, right so i'm wondering but I wanted, um what oh, go ahead. Have, yep no i i just I i'm wondering think, you know for for us as as human beings then you know looking at this intricate intuition system what is the implication for us as we live day to day
1: well, I think that that's great because that's sort of where I wanted to go. The, um, you know, even if you if even if you can't get your head around, which I barely can, the idea that we know what's scary before it even shows up. I mean, that's really strange. It Doesn't matter. We are reading things in every moment. We even if you don't mm-hmm. believe that, don't worry about it. So this vagus nerve, for example, for for people who are in What what we've seen is that people who are um, more well-integrated, so more present in life, more able to be in the present and certainly be aware of their internal systems, what's happening is they're myelinating a a conscious connection to the vagus nerve. Mm Mm-hmm. And so... What that means in terms of effectiveness, which is, of course, what Ursula and I are just, you know, it's the only thing we really are, you know, ultimately care about is effectiveness and consciousness, which are the same thing. Um, What that means is that the more connected you are to your own internal processes, the stronger this vagus nerve seems to get. Um, And if you want to read more about this, you want to Google something called the polyvagal theory. I cannot remember the name of the guy, my apologies, but polyvagal theory, great guy that's done a lot of work around this and can tell you lots more about it. But basically, you are going to have more um, attuned listening because this yeah. vagus nerve specifically controls these muscles of the inner ear, so you may be able mm-hmm. to tune in to vocal um, changes. Yeah, you are going to have a more vocal resonance and range because this mm. vagus nerve controls your thro- the muscles in your throat, mm-hmm. and you're also going to have through your mirror neurons more awareness of micro movements in the face. I want to come. I'm going to bookmark that because I want to talk a little more big picture first. So, what that means, and, and Ursula and I started play, playing with this, <laughs> is that um, For people who are more integrated, more attuned, more present, one of the things that we started noticing is that they had more melodic voices. People who tend to be a little more disintegrated, not as Mm. present, a little more what we might say living in their heads, will have a flatter affect.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I think uh, something that I you know particularly. Have noticed in you know during conferences and and speakers I mean there are some people that you really love listening to you know you love the not only the content of their stories, but I think we are also more attracted to the melodic voice rather than the you know the flat the flat tone that really you know can put us to sleep no matter how interesting the content may be.
1: Right, and you know the reason I love how you say we're more attracted to that. The reason being it's actually evolutionary um part of our biology. We are programmed, the melodic voice, um, makes us feel safer because it cues back to the way that we talk to or we're talked to um, as very small children. And if you think and about also
0: the, how we talk to all our dogs. I know how we talk to our dogs so
1: Ursula and I have a little test now. Beware if you ever see us. This is our little test. We have people, you know, raise your, raise your hand if you have an animal and how do you talk to it? And people usually say, um, in fact, I have a funny story about that. People usually say, oh, who's the big kitty? Oh, my God, oh, you're such a big kitty. Or you're such a, How do you talk to your dog? It's Ursula has oh,
0: oh Toby what a cute boy you are <laughs> Look at your cute little nose and how What a good boy lying here on the couch Look at you you sweet boy
1: Well <laughs> if you hear and listen to Ursula she, she has a very melodic voice anyway But that amps it up And what that does is it cues us that we're safe so when we're listening yeah. at a conference or we're meeting someone and they've got some vocal range, it's giving us an intuitive hit, I can trust this person because it's really how we signal each other and how we signal it's almost impossible to talk to a baby without going into sing song
0: yeah that's very very true i find that uh, i find that really i do find that fascinating as well as the the range of voices going higher or deeper depending on on also depending on connection yeah. you know, i've noticed myself that i if i really want to connect with someone that my yeah. voice goes down a little bit goes it a goes, little goes a little lower it goes a little, little deeper, deeper. Yeah. like there's a softness in the space Mm. that my voice wants to respond to.
1: Mm. Like, again, it's sort of creating this intimacy and pulling them in, and we're doing it through our vocal signals. So sometimes we have this intuitive hit Oh, I really like this person. I, I want to be around them. And then again, we may go to our rational justification. But the decision occurred very quickly. There's lots yeah. of research on this. You know, that's one of the reasons they started doing speed dating because they realized people made up their mind immediately. <laughs> and then they <laughs> yes, do. make I up com- our mind. I completely I, see that. You know, I can't tell you the exact number. I'm sure somebody else knows it. I don't have it locked into my faulty memory. But it's real. It's within seconds, minutes at the most. And so um, then what we will do, if I, you know, if I'm, um, occasionally Ursula has, you know, been with me as I've looked at online, you know, potentials, and I'll just go, no, no, no. And she'll say, why? Well, the truth is I just knew based on facial features which is probably unfair but I, but based on my intuitive sense and then i could give her a reason but the reason comes later
0: the yes. intuition
1: knew first the reason's just justification
0: yeah, that isn't, I mean, isn't that fascinating? I mean, we are, and we are such social, you know, such social mm. beings. Mm. Uh, people are all around us. It's. I mean, you basically, you can't get away from it. It's, it's not possible unless you, you know, you move to a, you know, to a little island in the Caribbean somewhere, and even there you will, you encounter human beings. It's Absolutely. everywhere, and I think we're so tuned in all the time, it's just a matter of now, now knowing it and then paying attention to it which i think is right. the hardest part
1: and really honoring it you know one of the things that they say they they somebody they <laughs> this is why i would never make it as a neuroscientist because they say things like well they say is not very you know i can't cite the research um but they do say that um women who ended up being um uh sexually molested or um attacked, that, that there's this oftentimes they knew that whatever they were doing didn't feel right, the place they were walking, you know, stranger attacks like that, that the place they were walking or the person didn't feel right. But we are, we are basically trained out of politeness, mm-hmm. particularly as women, to override our intuition system. So instead yeah, of... Uh
0: that is yeah. uh, that and that is applicable to so many things uh, you know i i i used to be a manager in charge of multiple people and you know i'm always looking at the uh, the the system we use for employing and and searching for and then hiring people and how much of that is intuitive and then we look at the rationale behind it and often go, no, this looks good on paper, so we go with this person, versus looking at the intuition and all the hits we get through the conversation, um, and then putting the paper aside and saying, well, you know, it's my intuition, it's telling me the rightness or the wrongness of, of right. this decision.
1: Oh my gosh, and I can tell you how many clients I've had where when I've really because you know, you know, Ursula and I are just such big stands for the intuition system. We'll talk a little bit in a minute about how, you know, may, where it may where where we need to be careful. But so many clients who have hired someone because boy, they looked great on paper and they said the right things and then and overrode their own intuition and come to regret it i don't think i've ever rarely occasionally i might have someone say oh my intuition said no but they turned out to be great rarely does that happen generally if you trace it back and this is something i do with clients where where i'm wanting them to develop their intuition more i'm having them trace back to see it's and it's murky because you know our memory is faulty but you know, how did you feel when this person mm-hmm. came in? What was your yes. sense? What were yeah. the little what were the little hits? So let's let's, you know, buff that up. Now here is where it gets tricky, of course, is that our body is just telling us something. Yeah. You know? That's, through yeah what we're picking up on, you know, through this vagus nerve system. I want to talk a little more about mirror neurons as well. But our body is telling something, and then we have to interpret it. And that's right. where and it can get really, really That dusty. is
0: where it can get very tricky because, of course, we have our own filters, our phone, our own experiences. And, uh, uh, you know, there can be a I, – I also think that there can also be a tendency – to really trust our intuition and then really gather the evidence that uh, our intuition can be trusted and the yes. other way around. And I think the more you realize that, yes, that hit and that interpretation was, was the right thing you know, to do or it was the right decision, then really helps people be more confident in, in going with this intuitive hit versus I... you know, trying to explain it away.
1: I think so. I think there's a way that we that it does get stronger the more we use it. I want to say a little bit about how mirror neurons play into this. And mirror neurons, they're, they're, a lot of people know what they are. Some people don't. Um, a lot of people don't. Uh, mirror neurons are neurons that fire when we do something or when we see someone do something or when we mimic it. So um, they like to say that our neurons are multimodal. So, if you are eating a peach, certain sensory motor neurons fire. If I describe to you that I ate a peach and it was juicy and, oh my gosh, sweet with a little bit of just a little bit of tartness that made it absolutely perfect and the juice ran down my chin, for many of you, your neurons for eating a peach are actually firing to some degree right now. Your mouth may water like Mm -hmm. that. Because you're mimicking in your own, you're you're basically running my experience through your own experience. And we do this without thinking. So this brings in how this system, the mirror neuron system, works with the vagus nerve. If I am with Ursula, either on the phone or in person, I am going to be doing some mirroring of her tone. If I'm with her in person, I am going to, without thinking or intending, Um, We can see this in body posture, and that's sort of the grandest version. You know, both people have their legs crossed without knowing it. But that's a little more obvious. What's not as obvious is that I'm mirroring the micro-movements in her face. And the the stronger my vagus nerve is, the better I am able to do that. The better I am able to mirror her own micro-movements in her face, as well as her tone and all of that, that tells my own body what's going on. So you may have heard that if you, if you smile, you get a certain release of, of positive chemicals in your body, whether you actually feel happy or not. So you feel happy, you smile, but you can also make yourself happier by smiling, by putting your mouth in that position. They say to hold a pen in your teeth. It puts your mouth in the position of smiling and will release um, I, I don't remember if it's serotonin or dopamine, but it will release that and make you feel better. So the same is true with frowning or, you know, your nose crinkling and all of that. So as if I'm with Ursula, I'm going to be mapping my face onto hers without even thinking of it the stronger my vagus nerve, the more able I am going to be to do this. And I am going to have information in my own body about how she's feeling because I'll be able to literally feel it as well.
0: Yeah, Is that making sense,
1: Ursula? Do I need to slow makes, down?
0: No, no, no. It makes uh, very well said and, and very clear, and it makes uh, complete sense uh, because I think if 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 you you, the listeners, think about situations that you have been in where you've been directly and immediately impacted by the body language, the facial expression of a person. And it can be very subtle, but I think we pick up on it you know, immediately, you just need to walk Mm -hmm. into a room, into a meeting, you might come home to, you know, your partner, your husband, your children, and you just need to take one look at them, and you know, not only do you know what's going on, but you feel it, you feel their apprehension, their worry, or you feel their delight and their excitement and their joy, I mean, I really think it's immediate, it's immediate.
1: And it's part of this, you know, again, let's talk about this in terms of a system. Part of it is that you've got context, generally. So you're, you know, you're drawing on what you know about human beings, you know, however long you've been alive. You have a lot of context around human beings and relationships, because you've been in them since the day you were born, most yeah. of us, unless you were raised by wolves. Um, <laughs> you've got a huge context, in which case you'd have lots of intuition about what wolves are going to do. Um you know what you know about human beings, then your face and your voice and your body are going to be in subtle ways without you noticing it, mirroring what this person is. That's also a survival strategy. The more I can know about what's going on over there, the more I can know your intention and If I know your intention, I know if I'm safe or not so yes. i what i'm what I'm really trying to do is check out intention and then I've got that information. And because we know that the body both um, puts itself in certain positions when it feels a certain way, like we're feeling joyous at the end of the race, we throw our arms up, right?
0: hmm
1: um, Yep. So we feel that creates that movement. But what we also know is that movement creates the feeling of, of, the feeling, of feeling stronger and happier. So, so it's a it's a, it's a, it's a yes
0: and yeah. It, it I just both. want to say it's like a circle. You you can uh, you can do it to create that feeling, or the uh, or the the event it creates the action, and the other way around.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's when people say you know which came first, chicken or the egg. The answer is yes. You know, and yes. there's wonderful yep. research that we just love. There's a TED talk by a woman named Amy Cuddy. C-U-D-D-Y, who studied this, what she calls power positions, where she's got people, you know, with their arms up in the air like they won the race or standing like Wonder Woman. And what she found is that's how people tend to stand when they're feeling powerful. But if you stand that way, it will create the chemical reaction in your body. It will raise your testosterone, making you feel more confident, and it will lower a stress indicator, making you less susceptible to stress.
0: So, well, this being this being awesome. a call on intuition, maybe we should just do this for a minute.
1: <laughs> just everybody, put your arms up in the air. Everybody who's listening, <laughs> I wonder the race. You have to actually do it for two minutes. So uh, while we're doing the rest of this, um, I am I am really curious if there's anybody who has any questions who'd like to come on the line. so I don't know if you've got a, you know. Um,
0: I have a how Yeah, I people have are a, listening. I have a screen and um we had a couple of listeners, uh, some of which are um on on mute and some of which have, have left us. So Well
1: if you're yeah. if you're listening then um you know go ahead and we'll unmute you if you have a question. Yep. Um if not we'll raise just your hand
0: yak. when you have a question. Yes.
1: <laughs> we'll just yak away here um just for a few more minutes if we don't get any questions about um the powerful intuition system. Um, we've been talking a lot about the interconnectedness of this. I believe that anybody can strengthen their intuition by being aware of where it is strong, like which mm-hmm. parts of the system sort of you know I just uh have a metaphor which is that I have a new personal trainer, and she um she did this assessment for how. Um, well-balanced my physicality is. Like, is there a side that's weaker or not as flexible as the other side? She had this wonderful system that she did that. And it was great because then she knows where to work. Yes. Um, So I think we can do that same thing for our own intuition. If you are, you know, for example, if you're a new coach and you feel like you don't have the intuition in coaching yet, you just don't Mm -hmm. have, you know, you don't naturally know where, you know, which strategy to use, things like that, then what you want to do to develop that is just put the time in. Yeah. And it will come. Yes.
0: And uh, I think that uh, certainly in my experience, you know, working with with people and, and clients and organizations, I think one of the hardest things for people to do is to be aware of their body. Mm, is to really see yeah. you know what is what does my body actually feel like in this situation you know what what's my stomach telling you what's my heart telling me what's you know what what does my what's does my throat feel like right now it's a, it's a lot harder for people to be present to this and i think that's a muscle that we can all build and it's relatively easy to do because we have our body always with us.
1: Right. It's been one of our, I love that, maybe we'll kind of end on that. Um, it's been one of our disciplines ever since we read in David Hawkins, probably you know eight years ago, ten years ago when we first started studying him, that he said the best way, basically the only way out is through. And yeah. that if you want to shift out of a below-the-line level, the best thing that you can do is be present to it and aware of it. So after Mm -hmm. we read that, um, it was one of those things that really stuck with me. You know, many things don't. But I started, I know for me, I'll just speak for me, I started just developing this consistent discipline of noticing how my body felt, noticing Mm -hmm. when I had butterflies in my stomach, noticing, you know, the the different tensions, just being aware without trying to fix them. What that did, I now know, is it strengthened my vagus nerve and gave me more overall intuition and empathy.
0: Yeah, that's uh that that is uh that's really really a, a wonderful, uh, you know, discipline and uh you know, I think that uh, Uh, When it comes to the body and the information it it gives us, aside from the fact that we have our body always with us, we we really do pick up on people that are you know on the people that are around us, and our body is a is a conduit. I want to say
1: absolutely through that. Well, I Um, I think I think this has been just a really rich and lots of stuff to chew on. I think we will save the issue of. what we love to call the Russian DNA study, for another talk, because I think it's sort of a, a talk among, unto itself, want to let you know about a couple of things that we have going on. One is that um, I will be doing a day-long workshop on the neuroscience of intuition. It is August 16th, which is a Friday. I'm pretty sure that's the Friday, um, in Minneapolis sponsored by cti so it's not uh the registration information isn't up yet but it will be up on our website probably within the next couple of weeks so if you're in the minneapolis area i'm just going to check the date and you want it yeah it's the 16th all day um would love to have you join it join us we'll be talking about these things and um, doing some experiential exercises for noticing and creating more connection to your intuition The other thing for those of you who are experienced coaches and have a uh, training through an accredited coaching school, we are doing our fabulous neuroscience, consciousness, and transformational coaching program in a retreat in California. It's module one and module two at a beautiful retreat center in the wine country, absolutely fantastic. Um and we just have so much fun when we do these retreats because we go so deep and really get a chance to bond as a community and do a yeah. lot of play. So yeah. um we'd That's, love to yeah. have you join it join us.
0: Yeah, the, the retreats are, are very special. All the information for all our programs uh, is on our website, um, www.beaboveleadership.com. And just one other thing, N and I uh, will also be at the ICF Midwest Conference uh, that is taking place in uh, Minneapolis, June 20th to 22nd, and uh, we will have a uh, breakout session Um, and uh, this is also going to be very fun. Uh, It's about how the right and the left hemisphere talk to each other and listen to each other, or not, as the case may be. We we will also have a... We also yeah we are not listening. Um, We also have a table, so if you have listened to our program, come and say hi. We would love to, would love to see you. Introduce yourself. We will also playing a, will be playing a very fun great game that we call Value Gration. Um, So come come uh, and uh, see us at our booth at the Minneapolis ICF Midwest Conference, June twentieth to twenty second. So thank you, my dear, wonderful. a wonderful conversation on the intuition system, and uh, my intuition tells me that it's time to go and have lunch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Thanks, Ursula. Let's okay, to you next thank time. you,
0: everybody. Okay. Goodbye.
1: Bye